0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Pride of London podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Gabe Henderson and Travis Tyler. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Pride of London podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Henderson. I will actually be flying solo on today's special edition of our podcast as Travis is traveling before the Thanksgiving holiday here in America. So we've got a lot of things to talk about today. Obviously, um, we're recording this, or I'm recording this special podcast, rather, um, in wake of the Ben Chilwell news. Um, we'll touch on that a little bit later, though. First, I want to talk about the Juventus match. We'll also talk about possible options and what Chelsea can do at the left wing back role going forward. We'll talk about Engolo Conte a little bit, maybe even touch on Man United. And I want to get to some questions as well. So um, just starting at the beginning of the Juventus match, um, Thomas Tuchel made some really interesting personnel decisions in his starting 11. You know, we had Trevor Chalobah starting his first Champions League match in probably the most important match of the group stage um, because the Blues needed three points from this game to stay in contention for first place in the group. Um, Tiago Silva started back-to-back matches, which often doesn't happen given the fact that he's 37 years old. Um, No surprises in the midfield or at wing-back, but then the front three was really interesting as well. Um, Tuuk was kind of in between a rock and a hard place as in regards to what to do with the center-forward position uh, with Kai Havertz out injured, Romelu Lukaku not fit to start this one, and Timo Werner not quite fit enough in his eyes so he elected to go with Christian Pulisic who played really well at the weekend in that center forward role after Havertz came off presumably um injured and then he also went with Hakim Ziyech on the right wing which was an interesting decision given how the Moroccan played last time out against Juventus although he did play on the left wing and then he did elect to give Callum Hudson-Odoi another start so some really interesting decisions there. Um, you know, starting in the beginning of the match, we saw something that we really haven't seen from Tuchel. We've heard all about his tactical adeptness ever since coming over from PSG, you know, at Mainz and Dortmund as well. And we really haven't seen it as impressive as he's been. We haven't seen that flexibility, you know. We were all promised the manager who changed formations from match to match and this real tactical genius. And while he has been uh, that said tactical genius for the blues, we haven't seen that flexibility as much, you know, we've seen that morning at Leeds where he tried to play for at the back. It really didn't work. Um, The most flexibility we've seen this year has been a mix between the three, five, two and the three, four, three, but we really saw something different against Juventus yesterday. Now, in the fact that he went with a three-four-three, three, but the four in midfield was almost a diamond with Hakim Ziyech coming deep to receive the ball at the top of that diamond. We saw Angolo Conte playing a higher role on the right hand side and Jorginho anchoring, almost with Ben Chilwell and Reese James playing in attack. So it was it was a really interesting dynamic from Tuchel against Juventus. And I really think it threw Allegri off. Um, obviously, you know, the blues ended up winning four 0 Um, it was Juventus's biggest defeat in the champions league. Uh, it was their heaviest defeat since 2004 in any competition. And, you know, it was just really impressive all around. You don't see teams do that to Juventus who's widely considered a defensive juggernaut in Europe. So early on, um, the blues did have some trouble with this new formation per se. Um, you know, Juventus pressed early on a little bit and they pressed aggressively and you really saw Chelsea struggle to get out of the back with the ball because, um, N'Golo Conte's advanced role kind of left Jorginho on an Island when Hakim Zeech wasn't dropping deep to provide an outlet. um, But as the match went on, we saw Ziyich get more involved. We saw him move off the ball, and we saw him drop deeper. And although some of the passes just weren't working out for him, he was overhitting passes, he was losing possession, it was a frustrating first half from him. But as the match went on and he got more comfortable in that almost pseudo number 10 role, we did see Chelsea play a lot better. Um, So, you know, some of the impressive performances were put on by the goal scorers. You know, Trevor Chalaba opened the scoring with the Thunderbolt off uh, Antonio Rudiger's arm or head, whatever you chest, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it actually went off Rabiot's head onto Rudiger's arm slash chest, which is why the officials didn't really um, overturn it after it went to VAR. It's just, it's one of those rules where, it wasn't inadvertent. There was no way of telling whether or not Rudiger did that purposely uh, just because of the proximity of Rabio. So the Blues went into halftime with a 1-0 lead. And, you know, after that, it, it was just domination. Um, they took the lead in the 25th minute. They really saw out the first half. There was one instance where Juventus got close to drawing level and it was when Alvaro Morata chipped Edward Mendy. You know, it was really smart play by Mendy not to run into Morata because that would have obviously resulted in a penalty and potentially a red card for Mendy. But it was really smart play from Tiago Silva, who was a little slow on marking Morata. He didn't give up on the play, which we've seen blues defenders do a lot over the last few years. And he ended up clearing it off the line. So it, it was just an excellent display by a 37-year-old who has been so instrumental to Chelsea's success over the last year and a half. Um, you know, I made a joke yesterday, death taxes and Alvaro Morata missing an open net at Stamford Bridge. So, I mean, it's, it's easy to joke about. And, you know, he, he actually did quite well on the play, but it was, it was just a superb clearance from Thiago Silva off the line. So that was really the only time where Juventus really looked like scoring. Edouard Mendy made some great saves in the second half, but it was similar to how it was against Leicester. Most of them were from long range. Um, Chelsea's defense was really, really stubborn yesterday, and Juventus really didn't even look up for the match. Um, They did a great job of neutralizing Federico Chiesa, who was the match winner in Turin when these two sides played. So, um, like, Chiesa hardly got on the ball in the match. Rabiot didn't have an impact at all. And the really interesting thing is the fact that Chelsea went into halftime with the lead, and that gave him the real confidence to come out and play free-flowing in the second half, especially with all the options off the bench. So, the second goal was scored by Reese James, who was uh, – by far the man of the match in a lot of people's minds that now brings his tally up to five on the year. And it was just a trademark Reese James goal, um, taken down really well off across and he just, just booted it into the left corner. Um, Chesney had no chance at saving it. And so from a- after that, I mean, the blues just ran rampant. Um, Callum Hudson, Adoy gave the blues the third goal just moments after, after, Um, A few different players, uh, I think Ziyech was involved. Loftus-Cheek was involved. They just dribbled through the Juventus defense like it was nothing. Mm -hmm. And Callum Hudson-Odoi had the tidy finish. He was rewarded with a goal for playing really well overall. Um, And then just the icing on the cake was Timo Werner, who marked his return as a substitute with a goal in the dying moments of the match to make it 4-0. Um, overall, like I said, it's just really impressive from Chelsea throughout. Uh, I don't think there was a bad performer on the night. Um, you know, all the credit will go to guys like Callum Hudson, Adoy, Reese James, Trevor Chalaba, Hakim Ziyech even. But one of the really impressive performers for me was Jorginho and just how instrumental he was. You know, um, he didn't fold under pressure early on when he was being pressed and didn't really have much of an outlet. And then from there, it was just typical Jorginho. It was a trademark performance from him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was just all positives against Juventus. The one or I guess two things that were really, um, really put a damper on things were Angolo uh, Conte came off in the first half with an injury, Hopefully it's not too serious. We'll end up seeing. We really haven't heard much about that at the time of recording. And then obviously Ben Chilwell, uh, Chilwell came off with a knee injury. Uh, I think it's ACL related, uh, after colliding with Rabio and planting his right foot in the ground, he walked off with a lot of assistance and looked in a lot of pain, um, Early reports are people were worried about his ACL. You know, we've waited this long. And Matt Law about an hour ago finally gave us some an update on that. Um, and a lot of people are kind of taking Matt Law's words out of context, which it's important to give context in situations like this. So Ben Chilwell, uh, this was the tweet from Matt Law. He said, Ben Chilwell set to miss at least the rest of the year with suspected ACL damage. Chelsea prepared to delay a final decision on whether he can play again this season until the new year. So what Matt Law presumably means in here based on the second sentence is the fact that he's going to miss the rest of this calendar year. We've only got like five, six weeks left in the year. That's not really surprising given how gingerly Chilwell quote unquote walked off the pitch. So it looks like the Blues are going to wait and make a decision until after the new year, just to see if it heals or not, you know, obviously you have um, surgery in play here, whether or not he's going to have to get surgery on his ACL. A lot of people, you know, all the Twitter doctors like to come out after stuff like this. A lot of people who have had ACL injuries have said, you know, if it's fully torn, there's no way he could have walked off. We've seen more remarkable things happen on a torn ACL. You know, it really depends on the individual and how bad it is. So I'm not going to sit here and make assumptions like that. Um, That's I by no means a doctor. I'm just a writer and a podcaster who loves talking about Chelsea. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, this isn't good news for Chelsea, given how instrumental he's been over the last few weeks since returning into the team um after a hiatus in the summer with England and you know Marcus Alonso played a lot of games to start the year Chilwell and James have really become part of the Chelsea attack I said in our last podcast you know anyone who calls them defenders just doesn't watch Chelsea very often because it's evident that these two are far more than just defenders although the one thing That Chilwell brings to the table is he has that defensive stability, you know. He's really aware of where he needs to be at all times. He never loses focus. He's got the speed and athleticism to track back when he needs to. And he's a solid defender. You know, I mean, he's used to playing a left back and a back four. We all forget that Chilwell was bought under Frank Lampard to play the left back role, and he kind of had to. Transition into a left wing back under Thomas Tuchel, and he's done that flawlessly. So, obviously, it's a crushing blow to lose Chilwell for any amount of time, especially after how well he's played. You know, we're going to keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully, it's not season ending. But um, just personally, I would rather uh, be cautious with Chilwell. I, I don't want to risk a long term injury or even. Potentially just for him, I I don't want any risk of him not being fit for next season or not being ready to play in the World Cup next year for England. So he's still really young. Ben Chilwell is going to play a big part in Chelsea's future. So I don't want to risk any long-term injury because we don't go through with with him having surgery or we try and rush him back from his injury, I guess. Um. So, you know, at this point, I would almost like Chelsea to prepare, and I'm sure they will. Marina Gretoskaya and Peter Checker are going to be working tirelessly over the next few weeks, especially with the January transfer window coming up. Um, the Blues now have options, and they can move forward without Chilwell for the rest of the year if need be. So... Obviously, um, we'll move into some potential options now for what the Blues can do. I want to preface it by saying the club needs to do whatever Thomas Tuchel believes that he needs. Obviously, the aim is winning the Premier League this year and winning the Champions League. Again, the Blues are still in five competitions, the Premier League, the Champions League, the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, and then they have the Club World Cup coming up at the beginning of next year. So those are all going to be in the back of everyone's minds. I think they need to work closely with Thomas Tuchel to see what Tuchel thinks he needs. Obviously, the beginning of the year showed us that Tuchel can move forward and can have success with Marcus Alonso there. Um, You know, everyone was quick to point out today as well that the last time the Blues won the league under Antonio Conte, Marcus Alonso was the starting left wing back you know, but that's, we're now five years removed from that and Alonzo is getting older, but he's still an excellent player as we've seen. So I don't think there's any question that Marcus Alonzo will be ready to step into that role as the starter once again, as he was in the beginning of the year. Uh, The question is what happens behind him, you know, because Marcus Alonzo is getting up there in age, not as much as someone like Tiago Silver's Cesar Azpilicueta, but he is 30 years old. He's turned that corner, so he's not going to be able to play the remaining 40-odd games that the Blues have this season. So they're going to have to get creative with what happens behind him. Um, We saw yesterday whether it was a mistake or not. I don't know if Cesar Azpilicueta was meant to come on and play left wing back, but after Chilwell got injured, he did. So Piliqueta can play there. He can, we've touched on it before. He can play anywhere along the back line, essentially. Um, So he's going to be an option there. He brings that defensive presence that Ben Chilwell has. You just lose some of the attacking play going forward with Azpilicueta. He's not as fast. He doesn't have um, as fluid of movements either. So that brings us to our next option. Which is Callum Hudson Adoy. You know, a lot of talk is going to be surrounding Callum Hudson Adoy and whether or not he can play wing back. He's been utilized mostly as a right wing back under Tuchel, which, as we've seen now, really is not his best position. Far from it. He's been serviceable there. He hasn't been good. He's thrived as of late on the left wing. And, you know, in these matches where the Blues control, 60, 70, 80% of the possession, you're really not going to lose much with Callum Hudson-Odoi playing left wing back. He's essentially going to play the same role because as I noted earlier, Ben Chilwell was almost a forward yesterday and he has been in recent weeks as well. So um, the only thing is he'd have to play a little uh, more wide. You might have to tuck him in depending on how Tuchel wants to utilize the makeshift options he has at left wing back you know one thing ben Chilwell can do is he can tuck into the midfield but he can also make those overlapping runs so that's also one thing that i don't want to lose sight of either is the fact that part of the reason hudson had always been so good over the last few weeks is because he has that relationship with Chilwell and that understanding and you know we saw it on numerous occasions yesterday Um, against Juventus if they just have such a good relationship going on that left side. So that's definitely going to hurt losing that. But I think in games where Chelsea will control possession and they will be on the front foot. A lot of the time, Callum Hudson-Odoi represents a viable option. It's a backup left wing back to Marcus Alonso. It's just, you know, the game's, where you don't want Alonzo playing are also going to be the games where you don't want Hudson Adoy playing, you know, against the man cities of the world as we get deeper into the champions league, which something I didn't touch on earlier is the blues now secured a place in the round round of 16 and they are officially in the driver's seat for group H, um, on head to head and goal difference on Juventus. So barring a, meltdown against Zenit in match week six it looks like the blues are going to advance as the winners of group h so you know we're we're getting into the thick of things now so as we go deeper in the competitions we play teams like bayern munich um man city as i mentioned earlier and just clubs like that you really don't want an attacking option like hudson adoy playing left wing back so it's just going to be really interesting to see how Tuchel manages this. Um, another potential option he has is Saul who played left wing back at Atletico Madrid for a little bit toward the end of his, his time there. Um, and then a lot of people have talked about recalling Lonie's, um, Ian Mattson, uh, Emerson has been mentioned as well. And, you know, while those guys are potential options, I really don't think it's within Chelsea's nature to recall guys in January like that. I think it would really mess with the development of someone like Ian Matson to recall him. Um, Emerson, I think he's happy where he is right now. Um, he's starting a lot more frequently. I don't think he wants to come back and be put into that backup role once again. Although I do think if the blues decided to take that route, I think Emerson could be a viable option. Um, I've always thought then that Emerson was a lot better than people gave him credit for. Um, we saw this under Maurizio. Sari when he started at left left back, most of the time he's he has that speed and the quickness that Chilwell does um, that's just kind of he's sneaky good per se. And I think if the blues wanted to bring anyone back, I think Emerson would be the best option. I just, I, I realistically, I don't see it happening. I think they'll chug forward with what they have in Alonzo as Piliqueta and Hudson, Adoy, and potentially even Saul um, that might represent a way to get Saul onto the pitch. We'll talk about a little more of that later, but yeah, those are the options for Ben Joel. Obviously you're not going to find the perfect replacement for him. If he is out the remainder of the year. But the important thing should be doing what Thomas Tuchel wants. And if that means dipping into the transfer market, we are about a month away from the opening of the window. So uh, that's more than enough time to identify a replacement. Uh, one thing I want to emphasize is it shouldn't be a long term guy. It really, we don't need a young, up and coming left wing back. We just need someone capable of bridging the gap between this year and next um, when Ben Chilwell eventually does come back because the main focus should be winning trophies. Chelsea is in its prime right now, and I mentioned yesterday, I do think, I genuinely believe this is the best team in the world right now. Whether or not Ben Chilwell's injury affects that, we'll end up seeing, but the potential to win big trophies is there, as we saw last year. So those are just a few of the options that that I've thought over um, we have an article up on it on the pride So make sure to check that out. Let us know what you guys think, what you guys would, would do if you were Thomas Tuchel, obviously none of us will know it'll probably be a little bit before we find out Marcus Alonso will be the one that we roll with right now, but it'll just be interesting to see if Chilwell's injury affects our transfer strategy at all in January Rumors said that Thomas Duke was completely happy with this squad and why wouldn't you be um, we're top of the premier league. We're going to top our group mo- more than likely in the champions league. We're into the quarterfinals of the Carabao cup. So it's just, we're in a really good place right now. Um, and unlike previous managers where, you know, you had the Mauricio, CSR, you weren't really going to give him all these reinforcements in January, knowing that he was probably going to be done by the end of the year. Um, Frank Lampard got a lot of reinforcements, but Thomas Tuchel only likes to dip into the market when required. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. So another injury that was picked up in the game against Juventus was N'Golo Kante. We haven't heard much about it yet. Um, I think Tuchel said he was optimistic about it. Um, obviously N'Golo Kante is a special player, but it, it almost feels like at this point, after he's been injured constantly, that he's almost a luxury to have. You know, Chelsea has more than enough options. Hopefully, Mateo Kovacic will be back soon. If not, the Blues have plenty of options in central midfield. Um, Jorginho will be the one to really anchor that midfield going forward for the foreseeable future. But with Conte out, the Blues, it, it's not as big a concern as Chillwell. We don't know. I don't think his injury was anywhere near as serious either. Chelsea have been managing Conte's minutes this season anyways, just because he's now getting into his thirties and he's become a lot more injury prone since the 2019 Europa League final, when he essentially played on one leg and played Lucas Torreira off the pitch Um, that rushing him back from injury constantly just hasn't had a good long-term effect on him. Hopefully we see him back on the pitch soon. I. Don't think he'll play against United. That's just personal belief. We'll end up seeing how that goes. But you do have guys like Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who came on for him yesterday and played really well. Ross Barkley, if need be, Saul. And hopefully, like I said, Mateo Kovacic will be back soon. So that's just my two cents on N'Golo Kante. Obviously, it sucks to have another injury. Chelsea have had a plethora of them this year. Uh, It's just not something that I'm going to lose sleep over considering the fact that we've already managed his minutes this season and played well without him. Luckily, the Blues have an easy stretch for a little bit before we get into January, which is really going to be the toughest period of the season, as it usually is. So, as I mentioned, the Blues play Man United on Sunday. Um, We'll have to wait and see about the injuries. Hopefully, Kai Havertz, Mateo Kovacic will be back. I think Romelu Lukaku will be ready for this one, whether it's off the bench or in the starting eleven. I'm not sure. Um, United took care of Villarreal the other day, two 0 in the Champions League, and they they really it wasn't convincing from Michael Carrick's side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we previewed that match a little bit in our last episode. I'm not going to hit on it too much. Uh, obviously it's going to be a big fixture considering the two teams, but if Chelsea plays half as good as it did yesterday, I think they'll easily blow the Red Devils off the park. Um, Chelsea was just, we are seeing over the last week, the best version of Chelsea that we've seen all season. And they've done it in multiple different styles with different personnel and with a lot of key players missing. You know, I mentioned yesterday, I don't think it's a secret to anyone that I run the Pride of London Twitter account. And so, you know, I said yesterday that Chelsea is doing all of this. We're going to Leicester and winning 3-0. We're playing Juventus off the pitch and winning 4-0 at home without the likes of Romelu Lukaku, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Mateo Kovacic, and... You know, while we have to add some other names like Ben Chilwell and potentially N'Golo Kanté to that list, hopefully those guys that I mentioned at the beginning of the list start to phase back into the team. Um, So I, I just think, you know, Chelsea's playing really well right now. I think it's 10 matches unbeaten now in all competitions. So like I said, if they play half as half as good as they did yesterday, at home against Juventus, they'll win comfortably. But United still has the players who will now be utilized to potentially give Chelsea a challenge. You know, everyone expected United to be top four contenders this year, which I still think they are. And then I just don't think they're going to be title challengers. It's almost like Chelsea last season in the fact that this is a sneaky good team with the likes of obviously they have Ronaldo Um, Donny van de Beek is back into the team under Michael Carrick. We see Jaden Sancho finally got off the mark yesterday and he scored his first goal for United. So, you know, they have these important young players who can potentially piece it all together and play. Well, it'll just be really tough to beat this Chelsea team on current form. So let me know you guys thoughts on the Man United match. Um, what you think is going to happen on Sunday, it's going to be the biggest fixture of the weekend, really looking forward to it, especially after yesterday's win. Um, you know, I'm, I feel on top of the world right now after beating Juventus. So that's probably how a lot of the Chelsea fan base Mm -hmm. feels, obviously the chill, well injury, you know, kind of darkens that mood a little bit, but I think yesterday's performance was worth celebrating. So before we cap off the episode, we'll get into some questions. Um, obviously, a lot of people wanted to hear our thoughts on the recent events, um, the news with Chillwell. So our first question comes from Simply Frosh on Twitter, and they ask, can Saul play well as a left wing back? So I don't think, obviously, like I said earlier, you're not going to get what you get from Ben Chilwell from someone like Saul, but I don't think you play under Diego Simeone in an Atletico Madrid team as consistently as he did as a left wing back if you can't play there. I think he's a serviceable left wing back. I don't think he's necessarily what Chelsea needs. Obviously, we have yet to see him even make an impact on this team in a meaningful match. He's mostly gotten care about cut minutes and substitute appearances. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Chelsea has the trust in Saul that it needs to for a starting player. Um, I I think more often than not, we'll see a combination of Alonso as Piliqueta and Hudson Adoy at left wing back. But I think if needs be, Saul could be a serviceable left wing back. I don't think it's his best position. I think you get more from him in that role as a central midfielder. We'll just have to see, you know, obviously I'm just a guy behind a microphone. I'm not there at Cobham every day with Thomas Tuchel evaluating how Saul plays. So if Thomas Tuchel believes that Sal can play a left wing back, I think he can play really well at left wing back. I think, like I said earlier, all of it depends on Tuchel and what he wants. I think Tuchel's adept enough tactically to make anything work. So that's just my two cents on Sowell. Um, and then Issy asks, who would be your preferred preferred player to take the left wing back position? Um, should we recall Emerson in January, if it is a long-term injury for Chilwell? I would say my preferred player, realistically to take the left wing back position it's going to be Marcus Alonso. He started the season really well. Uh, I don't think you lose that much with Alonso on the pitch. I think Chilwell just brings so much more to the table than Alonso, but I really we we started the season well with Alonso and he can play that role especially getting the left wing backs more involved up top. That's a position that's tailor-made for Alonso. So I would say Realistically, Alonzo is going to be my preferred player to start, as he will be with a lot of people. Um, as for Emerson, do I think we should recall him? No, I really don't. I don't want to open up that that Pandora's box again of recalling guys from loan. I like Emerson as a player. I think he's a lot more um serviceable than people give him credit for especially the chelsea fans have given him credit for over the years i just don't realistically see it happening so i I don't i don't really like to open that that can of worms when it comes to recalling players and especially guys that are seen as quote-unquote deadwood um in the team before we kind of revamped the whole thing and Emerson was largely considered one of those players. So uh, the last one of the last two questions comes from Krishna. He asked, should Chelsea try someone like Spinozola in January? You know, Spinozola was really impressive for Italy. Obviously he's coming back from an Achilles injury right now. I, I think that's a pipe dream. Uh, I I don't really see any reason for Spinozola to come to Chelsea right now. It just, it it doesn't make that much sense. Uh, Chelsea's not going to be a club that rehabs him and gives him minutes. Um, I don't think Roma would let him go if they see him being their attack, their starting um, left winger or left back rather. I just I think it's a pipe dream. He's 28 years old, just coming back from an injury. He's he fits the mold of a player that we'd want short term. I just don't see any reason for Roma to let him go. And I don't see Chelsea going for a player who is just recovering from injury and we're really uncertain about. So, I think after watching Spinazzola at the Euros this summer, I think he's a chelsea caliber player i just don't think that it makes sense to bring him in given the fact that ben Chilwell is so obviously the player of the future and you know bringing in someone like spinazzola who's in the prime of their career would also block ian Matson's development potentially and we'd see more of those guys in the youth academy want to leave and for those reasons i don't see chelsea really buying anybody um in the summer or in the winter rather to solve this issue but like I said it all depends on Tuchel if Thomas Tuchel wants Leonardo Spinazzola then Marina Granatsky will probably go out and get someone like Leonardo Spinazzola I think Thomas Tuchel has earned the right to get what he wants you know we've seen so many managers ask for certain players and we've seen Chelsea bend over backwards I don't think Chelsea's going to bend over backwards after uh, they they weren't for Frank Lampard as we saw with Declan Rice after going out to get Gonzalo Iguain for Mauricio Sarri, and I yeah I just don't see Chelsea doing that too frequently unless Thomas Tuchel really wants a certain player, and I, I don't think he'll require a dip into the transfer market to get someone like Spinazzola to replace chill. I think he's probably just going to roll with the punches and go with what he has. So our last question comes from our last guest who appeared on our podcast, Travis flock, who is a contributor here at pride of London. He said, is Marcus Alonso really just Thanos because boy, is he 100% inevitable? You know, I think Alonso is inevitable to start. Um, as I've I've mentioned on a few of these questions. And I think that's not a bad thing. You know, a lot of Chelsea fans will probably be talking about how big a hit Chilwell is. And I'm I'm one of those, but I don't think the future is as gloomy as a lot of people think with Alonzo. He's one of those divisive players like see C H yesterday. You know, we saw a lot of people on Twitter. I, I actually made a remark, you know, I you mention anything remotely positive about Hakim Ziyech, and you get people saying you should praise him more or saying, no, he's been terrible. And Marcus Alonso is unfortunately one of those guys in the Chelsea fan base. So I, I think a lot of people will be we'll have their reservations about him being our starting left wing back. And I would be lying if I said I didn't have a few of my own, but I think Marcus Alonso will be more than satisfactory going forward at that left wing back position. So that about wraps it up today, guys. Um, that's about all we have. You know, we have the Man United match coming up on Sunday, as I've mentioned earlier. Be sure to share your thoughts with us at the pride of London on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. We have our Twitter account is pride. O London. We also have the pride of London on Facebook. So if you want to interact with us there, we would love to hear you guys thoughts on the Ben Well, injury on the Juventus match, even though a lot of those thoughts have already been shared. So, and even if you guys want to interact with me personally uh, at Gabe H sports on Twitter, We are looking forward to hearing all you guys thoughts. We're looking forward to seeing how this team plays against United at the weekend, and hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed and hopefully we get the best news going forward about both N'Golo Kante and Ben Chilwell. So I just want to say, I appreciate everyone listening today to our special podcast. We'll be doing these occasionally uh, where Either Travis or I are tied up, so you might get some of these special episodes more often than not with one of us coming on midweek. Be sure to tune in on Monday morning. We will release our podcast post-Man United, recapping that match and previewing the games the Blues have going forward. So thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you guys on Monday.